Chapter Twenty of Stories of King Arthur and His Knights. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Joy Chan. Stories of King Arthur and His Knights by Hugh Waldo Cutler. Chapter Twenty. How Sir Tristram demanded the fair sword for King Mark, and how Sir Tristram and Isoud drank the love potion. When there came tidings that Sir Tristram was arrived and whole of his wounds, King Mark was passing glad, and so were all the barons. And Sir Tristram lived at the court of King Mark in great joy long time, until at the last there befell a jealousy and an unkindness between them. Then King Mark cast always in his heart how he might destroy Sir Tristram. The beauty and goodness of the fair Isoud was so praised by Sir Tristram that King Mark said he would wed her, and prayed Sir Tristram to take his way into Ireland for him, as his messenger, to bring her to Cornwall. All this was done to the intent to slay Sir Tristram. Notwithstanding, Sir Tristram would not refuse the message for any danger or peril, and made ready to go in the goodliest wise that might be devised. He took with him the goodliest knights that he might find in the court, arrayed them after the guise that was then used, and so departed over sea with all his fellowship. Anon, as he was in the broad sea, a tempest took them, and drove them back into the coast of England. They came to land fast by Camelot, and there Sir Tristram set up his pavilion. Now it fell that King Anguish of Ireland was accused of slaying by treason a cousin of Sir Launcelot of the Lake, and just at this time he was come to the court at the summoning of King Arthur, upon pain of forfeiture of his lands. Yet ere he arrived at Camelot, he wist not wherefore he was sent after. When he heard the accusation, he understood full well there was no remedy but to answer it nightly, for the custom was in those days that if any man were accused of any treason or murder, he should fight body for body, or else find another knight to fight for him. Now King Anguish grew passing heavy when he heard his accusing, for the knights of King Ban's blood, as Sir Launcelot was, were as hard men to win in battle as any then living. The meanwhile Sir Tristram was told how King Anguish was come thither in great distress, and he sent Governel to bring him to his pavilion. When Sir Tristram saw the king coming, he ran unto him, and would have holden his stirrup, but King Anguish leapt lightly from his horse, and either embraced other heartily. Sir Tristram remembered his promise, made when departing from Ireland, to do service to King Anguish, if ever it lay in his power, and never had there been so great need of knight's help as now. So when King Anguish told Sir Tristram all, Sir Tristram took the battle for the sake of the good lordship showed him in Ireland, and for the sake of the fair Isolde, upon the condition that King Anguish grant two things. One was that he should swear that he was in the right, and had never consented to the death of the knight. The second request was to be granted after the battle, if God should speed him therein. King Anguish quickly granted Sir Tristram whatsoever he asked, and anon departed unto King Arthur's judges, and told them he had found a champion ready to do the battle for him. So Sir Tristram fought for King Anguish, and overcame his adversary, a most noble knight. Then King Anguish and Sir Tristram joyfully took their leave, and sailed into Ireland with great nobleness. When they were in Ireland, the king let make it known throughout all the land, 
how and in what manner Sir Tristram had done for him. Then the queen and all that were there made the most of him that they might, but the joy that the fair Isolde made of Sir Tristram no tongue might tell, for of men earthly she loved him most. Then upon a day King Anguish would know from Sir Tristram why he asked not his boon, for whatsoever had been promised he should have without fail. Sir, said Tristram, now is it time, and this is what I desire, that ye will give me the fair Isolde your daughter, not for myself, but for mine uncle King Mark, that shall have her to wife, for so have I promised him. Alas, said the king, I had rather than all the land that I have ye would wed her yourself. Sir, said Sir Tristram, if I did, then were I ashamed for ever in this world, and false of my promise. Therefore I pray you hold your promise that ye gave me, for this is my desire, that ye will give me the fair Isolde to go with me into Cornwall, to be wedded to King Mark, mine uncle. As for that, said King Anguish, ye shall have her with you to do with her what it please you. That is to say, if ye list to wed her yourself, that is to me livest, and if ye will give her unto King Mark, that is in your choice. So to make a short conclusion, the fair Isolde was made ready to go with Sir Tristram, and Dame Bragwaine went with her for her chief gentlewoman, with many others. The queen, Isolde's mother, gave to Dame Bragwaine and unto Governel a drink, and charged them that what day King Mark should wed, that same day they should give him that drink. And then, said the queen, I undertake either shall love other the days of their life. So this drink was given unto Dame Bragwaine and unto Governel, and then anon Sir Tristram took the sea with the fair Isolde. When they were in the cabin it happened that they were thirsty, and they saw a little flask of gold stand by them, that seemed by the colour and the taste to be noble wine. Then Sir Tristram took the flask in his hand and said, Madame Isolde, here is the best drink that ever ye drank, that Dame Bragwaine your maid, and Governel my servant, have kept for themselves. Then they laughed and made good cheer, and either drank to other, thinking never drink was so sweet or so good. But after they had drunk that magic wine, they loved either other so truly, that never their love departed either for weal or for woe. So they sailed on till by fortune they came into Cornwall. There all the barons met them, and anon King Mark and the fair Isolde were richly wedded with great splendour. But ever, as the French book saith, Sir Tristram and the fair Isolde loved each other truly, and his life long he was her loyal and honourable knight. End of chapter 20